Hello, and welcome to AOL Church, a place to connect. This is where we gather together common people and equip them to live connected lives. AOL Church exists to connect with God, connect with people, and ultimately connect people with God. Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. Now, let's listen in on this week's sermon. Verse 39 of John 11 says, Jesus said, Take ye away the stone, Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he has been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Verse 43 says, And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. There were two removals in this story that were required for revival the removal of the stone and the removal of of the grave clothes. I want to speak to us for a few moments on revival by removal. Revival by removal. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Let's thank him for what we feel in this house. Hallelujah, God. I thank you. I thank you for the revival. I thank you for the things that you're adding. I thank you for the things that you're taking away. I thank you that you're setting us up, God, for a great comeback. There is life in this place. Life more abundantly, God. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. You can be seated in Jesus' name. I want to tell you tonight that I believe, actually, I know that I follow a God that can do anything. I know that I follow a God and I serve a God that can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, wherever he wants, however he wants to do it. Nothing is hopeless when it comes to the God that we serve. God is able to do anything. Now, that does not negate the fact of suffering. That does not negate the fact of struggle. That doesn't completely wipe out our, God, if you were here, I wouldn't be dealing with this situation. Just because we serve a God that can do anything, that doesn't eliminate the times where we say, Lord, if you would have shown up, something else would have happened. No, we are going to suffer. Sometimes we're going to struggle. There are things in our life that God will allow to die. However, it is never hopeless if God is involved. Your situation, your problem is never hopeless when God is involved. Even now, right now as I speak, in hopeless situations that you believe God is able to work things out. I know it. I believe it. I have faith for it. I have seen it because God has proved it in my life time after time after time after time. And I don't know what you are dealing with tonight. I don't know what you're struggling with tonight. Uh, I don't know what you're going through tonight. Uh, But the one thing I do know is that my God is able to do anything 
No matter what you might be going through, no matter what you might be dealing with, I can tell you not all hope is lost for you. Not all hope is lost in your situation. I don't say this because of my opinion. I say this based on the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. All hope is not lost. I believe that. Martha said to Jesus, she said, I know that my brother's going to rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said, that's true, but that's not all. You've got that right, but that's not the whole story. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, they had known Jesus in an intimate relationship. They knew Jesus as the miracle worker. They knew Jesus as the healing man, but Jesus wanted them to know him in a whole new level. Can I tell you tonight that Jesus wants us to know him in a whole new level? Jesus wants the apostolics of Lynchburg to know him in a whole new level. And Jesus looked at Martha and he said, Martha, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Let me tell you what we have tonight, AOL. We have the resurrection. We have the life. That's what we have in Jesus Christ. It's not coming in the future one day. It's here right now. We have life. We have resurrection power in this place right now. You see, Martha, she was talking about a future day. She was talking about something that would happen. But Jesus was talking about in the present day what is happening right now. And so Jesus looked at Martha and he did not respond by telling her. He did not say, I can resurrect. He did not say, I am able to perform a miracle of resurrecting a dead body. That's not what Jesus said. It wasn't about the fact of what he had the power to do. It wasn't the fact about what he had the power to accomplish. It was about the fact that he was the resurrection. Jesus Christ was resurrection power. And I can put my faith in him, and you can put your faith in him, and this church can put your faith in him. We can put our hope in him, not because of what he can do for us, not because of the miracles he can perform for us, but simply just because of who he is. They sing about it tonight, I worship you for who you are. Not what you can do for me, but simply because I know that you are life. And so this story was not about what Jesus can do. This story is about who Jesus is. Jesus was able to perform a resurrection. But as, a cool, as cool as that is, as amazing as that miracle was, even knowing that Jesus can perform a resurrection, Lazarus would have to die again. Lazarus was going to die again at a later time, so it really doesn't matter too much as what Jesus can do. But it matters to us more than anything else is that he was and he is the resurrection and the life. And so Jesus told Martha that, that, that this, this wasn't about raising up Lazarus at the last day, but it was about him being the resurrection and the life right now in the midst of her crisis, right now in the midst of her circumstance. And then he asked her, he said, do you believe this? That's the question that God is asking AOL tonight. Do you believe this? Do you believe what I'm saying? Do you believe in the word of God? Jesus didn't ask, do you believe in what I can do? 
Jesus didn't ask, do you believe in some of the miracles I can perform? Jesus asked Martha, he asked her, do you believe in who I am? Do you believe in me? Will you put your trust in who I am? And then Jesus asked her lately, he says, do you understand? He says, do you believe this? Do you believe in who I am? And also, do you understand? We have to understand everything. Jesus is the life. And that's all we have to understand. Jesus is the resurrection. And that's all we have to understand. Now, we live in an area, we live in a location where people will argue with you and people will debate with you and say you have to understand every single thing in order to line up. People will sit down and they'll waste hours upon hours trying to debate with you about how much you have to understand. But all I have to understand is that Jesus is my life and he's the resurrection. I don't have to have an answer to all your theological questions to just trust in who Jesus is. I don't need to erase all of my problems from my past in order to understand who Jesus is, in order to have faith that Jesus is the life and the resurrection. I don't have to understand every single thing and every single detail to know that God can do anything. That's the amazing thing about God is we can't fully comprehend him. We can't fully understand him. I don't have to understand everything there is to know about God, to know that God works in the dark, to know that God works in dead situations, to know that God can do anything. I want to tell you tonight, it could have been easily 12 years like the woman with the issue of blood. It could have been 38 years like the man at the pool at Bethesda. But the point is this, it don't matter. You try to figure that out, you try to count that up, all that stuff does not matter. It does not matter how long, it doesn't matter how wrong, it doesn't matter how strong, it is all the same to Jesus. We don't have to try to figure out his miracle working power. It's just who he is. Let's let God be God. Let's let God do what God wants to do. Because I want to tell you tonight, the very same power that heals a headache is the very same power that will draw cancer straight out of your body. The very same power that heals a pulled muscle is the very same power that drives demons out. The very same power that cools a cold is the very same power that will cure COVID. Somebody here tonight, you need to know whatever you're in, whatever you find yourself in, it's not too hard. It's not too hard. It's not too hard. Jesus is not confused by your problem. He's not intimidated by your problem. It's not too hard for Jesus. And it's never too late for Jesus. 
I want to tell somebody tonight, your sickness that you've been battling with for years, that is not too hard for Jesus. Your pain that you've been carrying around for a long time, that is not too hard for Jesus. That mental illness that the doctor tried to put on you, that is not too hard for Jesus. It's never too late. It's never too hard. I wish I had believers in this house tonight. It's never too late for Jesus. It's never too late for him. Nothing's too great for my God. In fact, in this time in history, there was actually a very popular belief that people believed that after people's death, that the soul and the spirit of that person would hover around the dead body for three days to find a chance that it may be able to re-enter into that body. Now, that is not a right belief, and that is not what actually happens. This belief is not true, but Jesus was not fashionably late. I mean, you know, people that are always late. Well, it's cool sometimes to be fashionably late, but Jesus wasn't even fashionably late. He missed the whole thing. But he did that on purpose. He wanted to show these people that were believing in this false belief. He said, I'll wait four days. I'll wait till all your theories I'll wait till all your agendas. I'll, I'll prove all that wrong. I'll, I'll wait until it seems absolutely zero chance that anything's going to happen. And so listen to their complaint in the Bible. The Bible tells us, they said, Lord, he's been dead for four days. And the smell will be very terrible. The King James Version is a wonderful word. It says, he stinketh. He stinketh. Seriously, Jesus is about to perform a miracle. Jesus is about to perform an absolutely incredible miracle here. And he told them, he said, move the stone away. And their response to him was, it smells. Their response to Jesus was, it stinks. I'm telling you right now in the authority of the Holy Ghost on this Sunday night. God is calling people and God is challenging people to take the stone away that is hiding the death in our lives. That is hiding putrid things in our life so that God can deal with the situation. He can expose it and he can get it out. See, sometimes we're too worried about exposing ourselves. Sometimes we don't want the stone rolled away because we know it'll expose who we are. Because if, if we take the stone away, people are going to see. People are going to see into my life. People are going to smell the death that I've experienced, the dark times that I've experienced. But in order for Jesus to bring life into our dead situation, in order for there to be revival, we need to be willing to put up for a moment and say, God, expose me. God, do what you want in my life. God, do what you will inside of me. I don't care how dark it is. I don't care how dirty it is. I don't care what my past is. Look inside of me and do what you want. (laughs) 
Some people are not going to want to hear this, but can I tell you tonight that the revival that is coming to AOL Church, the revival that's coming to Lynchburg, Virginia, is coming from areas where we would have never expected it to come from. The revival that's been prophesied over this church is going to come from areas and situations that we would have never expected. I want to tell you tonight, get ready, get prepared, be ready, because there's going to be folks that are going to walk into this place, and they're going to be revived, but they're going to be people who have been addicted to drugs, people who have been addicted to marijuana, people who have been addicted to cocaine. There's coming a revival to Lynchburg, Virginia, and people are going to be revived who are not sure whether they're male. They won't be sure whether they're female, but we better be ready, because God's bringing a revival. There's going to be revival that's coming from people who are drug addicts, from people who are prostitutes, but we better be ready. AOL Church, as the church, we better be ready for when Jesus says, get that stone out of the way. When Jesus says, let's help them, let's use them, that we say, all right, we're ready. We're going to help them. We're going to bring them to a greater life. I'm not talking about compromise. Don't you dare get it twisted. I'm not talking about endorsing sinful lifestyles. Don't you dare get it twisted. But I'm talking about being ready to love somebody, being ready to embrace somebody enough to deal with their dirty situation, to deal with their dirty paths, and help them and bring them out in order so we can have a revival. What you think we're going to have revival of church, folks? This building is too small. God wants to do a new thing. There are people out there. There are sinners out there with a dark past, and they need us to be ready to embrace them. How are we going to do it? It's when we come together. How are we going to do it? It's when we come together and we gather together and do what God is calling us to do. I feel help in this place. I feel God in this place. I feel the Spirit of the Lord in this place. You see, from a, from a human perspective and a natural perspective, when they rolled the stone over that cave, when they rolled the stone over that grave, they were announcing to everybody, it's over, it's done, it's finished, there's no hope, there's no possibility of change, so just forget it. Don't pray anymore. Don't fast anymore. Don't confess the promises of God anymore. Just let it go. But Jesus told them, remove the stone. Jesus said, get that stone out of the way. I, I want to ask you tonight, did Jesus really need them to get the stone out of the way? No, he didn't. I don't think Jesus needed them because the wind obeys Jesus. The waves obey Jesus. Creation answers to Jesus. He could have easily walked up to that stone and tapped that stone and removed it himself. But revival is not simply about what God can do. And revival is not simply about what we can do. But revival is God, what can you do through us? God, how can you move through us? God, how can you work through us? 
I'm telling you, I'm telling AOL Church tonight, you better never let it go. I'm telling AOL Church tonight, you better never let it go. Revival is happening because somebody in here has been holding on to Jesus. Revival is happening because somebody in here, you're still praying, you're still fasting, you're still witnessing. Revival is happening because somebody has decided I'm going to keep on professing the promises of God. I'm going to keep on speaking the promises of God over this church, over my life. See, some of y'all know what I'm talking about because a lot of these people that are worshiping, a lot of these people that are responding, they know what it's like to be dead in a mess. They know what it's like to be in a dirty situation. But let me tell you what, God didn't write him off. God didn't write him off. God didn't write her off. God didn't write her off. Can I tell you, some of us were angry. Some of us were bitter. Some of us were fornicators. Some of us were alcoholics. Some of us were drug addicts. Some of us were abusers. But God did not write us off. We serve a God who loves us too much to give up on us. We serve a God who loved you even when you hated yourself. You serve a God who loved you even when you hated the world you were surrounded in. And that God, he walked up to your stinky cave. He walked up to your filthy cave. And he came right into your mess. And he said, I still have purpose. I want to tell you tonight, God is not afraid of your mess. God is not scared of your mess. Mess does not stop God's love. Mess does not stop God's mercy. Mess won't stop God's power. And some of us, we're in a mess right now, but Jesus is coming on a Sunday night. Jesus is coming on March 7th, 2021, and he's reaching, and he's saying, I am life. I am resurrection. Embrace me. Brother Jaden, where you at? Brother J Dog, come up here. Come on up here, stand right here next to me. I need two young men to come help me. The next thing Jesus said to remove was the grave clothes. I want y'all to take this toilet paper. I want you to wrap it from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. I want every inch of him wrapped. I want to tell you something. Lazarus did not get carried out of that grave. The pallbearers did not bring Lazarus out of that cave. He walked out. He may have even hopped out. He may have even skipped out, but regardless, his once lifeless body, the body that had no life, now is alive again. Do you know the problems that the grave clothes would have gave him if he would have remained that way? Do you know the problems that the grave clothes would have gave him if they had not been removed? They might have caused Lazarus to trip. They may have called Lazarus to fall. They may have called Lazarus to critically injure himself. They might even choked on his neck. 
and he may not even be experiencing new life, at a minimum, at the very least, they would keep him from freely enjoying his new life, freely enjoying the new power, the fresh start that God gave him. Lazarus was raised when Jesus said, come forth. Lazarus Lazarus was raised up, but he was not free. Lazarus could not get his grave clothes off by himself. The Bible doesn't say that he took them off by himself, but it says he needed some outside help. And so Jesus commanded, just like he did the stone, Jesus commanded his family and his friends to unwrap him and to set him free. You know what this tells me? This tells me you cannot get a breakthrough if you're sitting at home. This tells me uh, it's really hard uh, to get a breakthrough uh, if you haven't been around uh, the people of God uh, for a while. This tells me uh, that I need you uh, and you need me uh, and he needs me. Uh, This tells me uh, we need each other. We need brother helping brother. We need sister helping sister under the direction of the Holy Ghost to help one another get new life in Jesus Christ. Can you see it? Do you understand? Can you you contemplate what is happening? We are here to help one another. We are here to encourage one another to remove the things that have been on us, to remove the things that have bound us, to help us see clearly, to help us walk better, to help us talk better, to help us experience the freedom of Christ. I don't have power to forgive sins. Only Jesus does. I don't have power to resurrect you from the dead. Only Jesus does. I don't have power to give you new life. Only Jesus does. But he has the power, and he has the power, and I have the power. Together, under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, To help remove those things that are easily binding us up. Come on, help me out, guys. We have the power. Me, you, him. We all have the power. We don't have the power to forgive him. We don't have the power. Let's let God be God. Let's let God do what God wants to do. But let's do what God has called us to do. I don't have the power to forgive him, to raise him. But we have the power to help remove what is holding him back. Let's let God do the resurrecting. Let's let God do the delivering. Let's let God do the life giving. Let's let God do the setting free. But we have the power to help each other remove what has been holding us back from revival. We're not waiting on God. God's waiting on us. God's done what God wants to do. God is waiting on us. I'm out to close. Musicians come. We're going to have a praise break tonight. We're going to praise our way out of this stuff tonight. We're going to worship our way out of this stuff tonight. What do I mean by remove? 
Revival by removal. What do I mean by remove? It is simply this. The things in our life that are holding us back. The things in our church that are binding us. That are limiting our potential. That are limiting our ability to move. That are limiting us from working to God with our fullest potential. They're limiting us from having vision. The Bible says that there was a napkin over his face. They're limiting us to see what God really wants to do in our life. To see where God is calling us out from. We're walking in the light as we see it. But there's more. There is more. There's more. I know we're walking in the light. I know we're walking in goodness. But there is more. I know we may have been resurrected. I know God may have injected new life and new passion inside of us. And that's greater. But there's something more. There's something greater. And I know we're walking under the power of the Holy Ghost. But there is always greater. There is always something more. We can get bigger strides. We can get better results if we just serve God see I imagine that Lazarus I imagine that that those grave clothes I imagine those things that were holding him I imagine it probably affected the way that he talked I imagine it probably affected the way that he sang if your worship has been affected it's time to remove the grave clothes. I imagine that the grave clothes affected the way that he clapped. I imagine those grave clothes uh, affected the way that he reacted. I imagine it affected the way that he worshiped. But Jesus said, loose them. Jesus said, remove them. Jesus said, get them out the way. To loose others, uh, first you've got to be loose yourself. If you want to loose somebody else, uh, first of all, you've got to be loose yourself. To lose somebody is to help them come out of their old life. So I just want to know. I'm just asking this tonight. Who in this place has enough life to lose somebody else? It'll be representative through your worship. It'll be representative through your praise. It'll be representative through your response. Who in this place has enough life to help lose somebody else? I'm telling you tonight, when you worship, when you praise, when you give God glory, when you align yourself with God, you remove the stone, you remove the grave clothes. I dare somebody that has life inside of them. I dare somebody that has been loosed. I dare you to worship God. I dare you to align yourself with God. I dare you because when the loose start worshiping, when the loose get active, somebody else is loose as well. That's the revival of removal. That's the revival by removal. I dare you. If you've been attacked, I dare you. If you feel bound, I dare you to get out of your seat. I dare you to come to the altar. I dare you to get in the aisleways. Let God stir up a revival inside of your life.
Oh, come on. If you were dead, if you were dead, if you were in a grave, if it looked hopeless for you, I wonder how you respond. I wonder how you worship God. I'm telling you, there is a revival coming. God is removing things. God's removing the stone. God expose me. God get it out of me. If God's removing the grave clothes, it's not going to hold me back any longer. It's not going to predict how I worship any longer. Thank you. You are the 